0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Quirky Pop! I'm Katrina Parker here and as you can, well some of you will see because I'm going to try something new and put this on YouTube as well. Um, My guest here is Joanna Nicholas and I'm so happy to have her here. Um, We met through uh, my husband, like, And like he just kept saying, like, you really need to, you know, befriend Joanna. She's cool. And she likes Doctor Who and all these other cool things and stuff. You guys should meet. And then we we finally did. And she's so great. Like this pandemic has kind of like kept us from really hanging out too much. But, you know, I'll be fully vaccinated this week. So, you know, I'm
1: already <laughs> fully vaccinated. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> But how are you doing today, Joanna?
1: Um, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm uh, really excited to do this. This is my first time being on a podcast. So, and on a video blog or YouTube, what, what would you call this video wise?
0: You know, I'm not quite sure. I just know that like a lot of podcasters, they'll put up video. Cause like some people are just more visual and they're just yeah. like, I want to see what you look like. And I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to see what I look like necessarily, but I'm just like, okay, fine, fine. I'll put it up on YouTube. We'll see how how this goes, unless okay. I get like really like weird and you're like, oh no, I don't like how I look. Like. It's not going on YouTube. But
1: and, you know, I, I know that you're a cosplayer, and I like to dabble in cosplay myself. And so mm-hmm. this is like a fun excuse to put my hair in pigtails and throw some like fake um, freckles on my
0: face. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm um, yeah yeah. I kind of like the visual medium that, for that.
0: <laughs> so um, why don't you tell? the listeners about yourself.
1: Okay. So like you said, I'm Joanna Nicholas. Um, I have a very, very large family. I have five kids myself and my nephew also lives with me um, and a husband and um, no pets because I like to joke that, uh, I don't No, It's not even a joke. I just don't, I I have like too many people in my house to have pets. Uh So that's not um, like, any, I don't know. I had a very like eclectic type life. Um, so today, oh, you. D- so when people are looking at this, are they going to already know what the topic is or do you do a big reveal?
0: Well, no, they'll know. Don't know. Don't know what we're talking
1: about. I can say, so one of the reasons why I was super interested in the topic of Punky Brewster is because I grew up in foster care and in group homes and did a, for a while, I did like public speaking about my experience and, um, really, really relate to Punky. So it was like fun to dress up like her, Mm -hmm. um, And then personally, I am right now living out my biggest punky dream, um, as we're going to talk about at some point today, the episode, the Challenger episode. That's very sad. Um, But I work at the Challenger Learning Center, which actually came out of the whole Challenger accident, the whole reason the Challenger Learning Center exists. And um, that episode on Punky Brewster, um, the original series, was... Mm -hmm. um, One of the things that came up, like a kid even said, well, my dad said that um, this is the end of NASA. And people really did believe that for a while after that accident. Um, But they ended up, the families of the uh, crew that were lost in the Challenger accident came together. They fundraised. They went to Congress. um, And right now, there are over 40 Challenger learning centers across the United States. So I get to teach space science and STEM engineering um, or STEM tech, STEM education. I don't know why I said engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think my title, my official title, is STEM educational specialist, which really just means I get to take kids to simulated space and work on really fun science, hands-on science activities. And I really get the like best part of science, technology, and math that um, I really get to um, teach kids that like spark. Um, And really once again, a punky type job where I get to spark interest. Um, I don't really have to go too far into the nitty gritty, just enough to give them inspiration for them to do the hard work. And so it's... Yeah. So that's my life. I'm living the dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it started out pretty bad and and it's going pretty well. So yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah. So, um, you kind of went into it already, but like just kind of tell us a bit more, like what kind of drew you to the original Punky Brewster television series?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So actually like you would think that I was drawn to the original series because of my life, but, Mm -hmm. Um, I did not get, I didn't go into foster care until 1988, which was the final year. And it was, ooh, I looked this up too. I went into foster care May of 1988. Punky ended May of 1988. That's like a crazy coincidence. Um, But before that, the reason I liked Punky Brewster was because that was what was on TV.
0: yeah. I would
1: spend the weekends at my grandparents' house a lot when I was younger, and it was just, it was a family show that they watched, and then I would spend the weekdays at their house, and it was on, like, I don't, I feel like Punky was on all the time. Um,
0: Yeah, because it was, like, in syndication. Yeah, so with
1: it being on all the time, it was something that was interesting for adults to watch and for kids to watch, and there wasn't cable, well, at least I did not have access to cable back then, Mm -hmm. so... Um, It was on a lot. My grandfather was very much a Henry, um, except probably not as like culture. (laughs) You know, Henry was this, um, but curmudgeony old man um, who was probably seemed cold to people on the outside. But I was, um, I was born on his 50th birthday. I'm his oldest grandchild and I was named after him. So even though he was like mean to other people, He's really, really nice to me. And <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I didn't think he was an awesome grandpa, but I've heard stories that he was not always the nicest to other people. Um, so, yeah. Like So I think even as a kid, I probably related to um, the show from that aspect. That I was like, oh, this little girl and this older guy. That's her foster, you know, her older foster dad. And my, my grandfather was very much like a father figure to me. So, um, I could see relating to that, but no, I didn't experience any of the things that punky went through from that aspect until after, um, the show was already off the air. Okay. Um, Or at least I, you know, I didn't watch it while I was in foster care, the group homes. Yeah.
0: Okay. right. So, um, other than punky, Who are some of your quirky icons?
1: Uh, Okay. So um, being an adult that has like had, has, had trauma, um, experienced trauma Mm -hmm. that lived through trauma. Um, and probably not the most neurotypical adult, of course, like my quirky icons are all like Spock and data. And, um, I love Star Trek. I love Doctor Who, obviously all the doctors, um, just, I mean, really like all quirky icons, but I, uh, am really drawn towards science fiction and, uh, as I've gotten older, I like more like harder science fiction. So right now I'm really, really into a show called the Ex- The expanse. Um, it's I, have you watched the expanse? Have I told you about the expanse?
0: No, no. <sighs>
1: oh my goodness. So one, the final book of the series is coming out this year. And then two, it's just, it's, uh, it's like a harder science fiction show. Um, it was on sci-fi. Now it's on Amazon. Um, I was part of the like movement to help save it, and mm-hmm. we we're screaming firehawks. And it was back when I was on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but like we had this big push because um, if Sci-Fi was going to cancel the show, and it's just amazing. Um, it's a just very um, as realistic as you can get of the depiction of what life may be like 200 or 250 years from now. And there's a mystery involved, but a lot of sociopolitical political. Um, intrigue. And then also just, it's um, just when you talk about quirky people, just no one, a lot of displays of just a wide range of people. And I enjoy that. I I like seeing myself or I like seeing people that I know displayed um, or portrayed in media. And so that's
0: kind of what I'm in right now. Okay. So we're gonna get into the original series first. Cool. Uh, so I'm just gonna kind of name off the cast members. So obviously we the show starred Soleil Moon Frye
1: mm-hmm. as Funky,
0: and then the late George Gaines as Henry, Susie Garrett, who played um, the grandmother on the show, Susie. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think like when you went to that fundraiser thing that I did, um, I one of the questions that I had was that she is the sister of um marla gibb from the jeffersons and 227 oh yeah yeah yes
1: that's so cool yeah, <laughs>
0: but, yeah. and um then we have uh, sherry johnson sherry like the fruit like uh sherry actually has her own podcast and she interviews different people and like she had um the actress that played like laura winslow on her show too and she's oh. talking about how she always has to correct people because like people want to call her everything but what her name is and she's like cherry like the fruit so i, I think <laughs> i said sherry see i think <laughs> yeah. cherry because i when you when you said it i was like i thought it's cherry no <laughs> cherry <laughs> see I, I messed it up, I'm up. It wrong. no i'm so sorry <laughs> cherry i got i and i wrote it down it's because like i guess the way is written you want to say sherry But it's cherry like the fruit. And that's what she would say. It's cherry like the fruit. Okay. (laughs) I,
1: yes, because, yes, I'm looking at how her name's written um, right now. C-H-E-R-I-E instead of C-H-E-E-R-Y. Like, yes, but, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I just was getting what you were saying.
0: Yeah, but you had to yeah. Take
1: a little of the process.
0: <laughs> I literally wrote it down. I was like, like the fruit, and I still messed it up. So yeah, I know. Cherry, if you're listening, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I, how cool would that be if she was listening? I would pass out. Like
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was happy one time she like liked one of my tweets and I was just like
1: ah. <laughs> oh, that's big time. See, every now and then I miss Twitter, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it got really tight. The, the circle I was in got really, really toxic very fast. I was like, I'm
0: gone. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um. So those were like the main cast members and then they were like su- supporting cast members as well on the show but those are the, the main ones oh so, you can't forget tk carter oh that's right tk carter and uh, I mean, he played mike he played yes. his teacher and he was um also in foster care because like there was like an episode where they find his birth mom do you remember that one i don't okay yeah that was an episode oh and then there was Margot. I know. Yes. Margot. Yeah. Who actually makes an appearance and like in one episode of the new series. Yeah. They didn't bring Alan back. No. Yeah.
1: I, um, I did not remember Alan until I started watching the original series again. Um, and I will say I got a good way through the original series again, but Whoa! Were there some like it's it's so good, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But it's it's so good. But they really did a really good job of capturing like some realistic things as best as they could. Yeah, the sitcom. So yeah,
0: so okay. yeah. Before we get into the more serious episodes, what were your like top episodes? I wrote <laughs> from a mind, horrible
1: because I'm such a serious person. So, um. I know like a lot of my favorite episodes are those like very special episodes, but I'll tell you, okay. So one, um, honestly, the, the very opening, um, those couple episodes, uh, I I'll just start with that. Like, um, the, that very, like that, that opening sequence when, um, she was like living on her own Mm -hmm. and then Henry had to go to court, right? Doesn't he have to go to court in those first couple episodes? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he had to go to court and they, and like, they were trying to say he wasn't a good enough parent. And, you know, I remember like, that's a real thing where, um, for a long time, people who weren't, you know, quote unquote, like, perfect on paper, weren't Mm -hmm. um, given the opportunity to be part of the foster care system. And so you end up having kids who sat in orphanages. We like to call them group homes, but I mean, they're literally orphanages um, because we were looking for um, qualities that really aren't necessarily qualities that keep kids safe. They're qualities that are these like idealized, like this is what a kid should be part of? And um so I liked that they portrayed that and that that um, it gave it like just started the show off that you know, kids don't need perfect parents, they just need someone who's like willing to be in their life. And I mean, obviously you don't want to be with someone who's gonna abuse a kid right, <laughs> or anything right. like that. But but with him being single and older, you mm-hmm. know. I had a very um, appropriately affectionate grandfather. And um, that was one of the things they, my grandparents were not allowed when we went into DCFS. They were not, they were too, they were told that they were too old um, to be able to take us in. And so I, you know, and that was in the 90s when, um, or late 80s and 90s when we couldn't go with my grandparents. So you're talking, Punky was a decade earlier when all that stuff started. Um, so I don't know. I, when I think about like things, and I guess I'm coming as an adult saying this Yeah. because as a kid, my number one favorite episode was the camp episode with the cave and apparel's yeah. <laughs> uh, a punky. I mean, that was like my kid number one favorite, which is also scary. Yeah. It's, it's totally Stephen King's it love it I love I love every bit of it I love the spooky stories and I love that in the end she's like like it's just a ghost story and then punky up here the ghost up here like just everything about that um and I like that kind of stuff as a kid um what else did I like um oh everything that I'm gonna say is gonna be like a very special story I think that's okay okay <laughs> Oh, Lost and Found. Um, that one, I didn't remember watching as a child, but when I went back in and watched it as an adult, it, um, like, I think I cried through the whole episode. So that episode is one, um, and it's one of the very first ones as well. Um so she's in the store, they they go shopping and then Henry, like he has a question mm-hmm. about some meat and he goes off into another room and Punky doesn't see him and she had been abandoned by her mom in a right. store. Um, and the way that they portrayed her, like... Like that's what happens in trauma. That's what happens with your, when your brain ends up. Oh, but I didn't even say my background. So I have a master's in counseling as well. I went there to like figure myself out and found out that wasn't enough. So I have a counselor as well. (laughs) But yes, like that's how trauma works. Um, That even though Henry wasn't leaving her and, you know, she had just had um, this like horrible experience. Of her mom abandoning her, and now Henry's not there. And she really thought that, okay, well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. I'm getting left again. And I was like, wow, this was a kids' show yeah. in the 80s? Yeah. Families were watching this together. Man, I wish more families were watching this. I just thought like their understanding of trauma, uh, you know, 40 years ago was what we're just now starting to touch now. And I'm like, like, this is a really good resource that is very undertapped. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, non-traumatic one, happy one is the baseball episode. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> taking down the ball game. So my grandfather, as I told you, who's kind of my Henry, a uh, huge Cubs fan. And mm-hmm. um, uh, he died before the Cubs won the World Series um, the, the last time. Um, but I was able to, go out to his grave and my cousin was able to go out to his grave and place flowers and, you know, let my grandpa know the Cubs won. Yeah. Um, but in that episode, I just, I like, there's so many good things about that. Uh, one, the effort that Henry like put in and like to get tickets and not getting them. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Oh, the interaction with, um, where Cher- at one point, Cherry's grandma says, uh, she uh, when Henry's like trying to get the tickets, and she's like, Um, I've always said the best seat in the house is right there on your couch. And my grandfather used to always say that. So I never actually went to a Cubs game with my grandfather because mm-hmm. he didn't like unless he had very, very close seats, which were very expensive, and so that would have never happened. he he thought watching, on TV, and then listening to the game on the radio was the best way. So, one, I never heard TV announcers. I only heard radio announcers, and we only watched it on TV. And it was on every day in the summer or every day that they played in the summer. So, um, that episode just, um, and I do remember watching that episode with my grandparents. I don't remember much um, about the experience because I was little.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but I remember watching like I I don't know, like I remember watching that with my grandparents. So um I thought that, and my grandparents lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So watching it in Chicago. Like that's I don't know, that little Chicago connection.
0: Yeah. Were they were they on the north side? Uh no, on the west side.
1: So okay. you know Cicero? Um okay. well they lived on Colon, like by um uh, Pulaski. Do you know where that is? Yeah. Do you know where, Oh, um, Pulaski park is, they live right across the street from that, um, home run and pizza Mm -hmm. or the racetrack. There's a racetrack. Is the racetrack still there, man? I haven't, they don't live. I mean, they've passed and Mm -hmm. you don't have family there anymore. So once you stop going into the, like, going into certain neighborhoods and they've changed so much. The mm-hmm. house that they lived in that was like hundreds of, or a hundred years old is has been demolished and it's now a parking lot. So...
2: Okay. Just,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, Homer, they lived right behind Home Run and Pizza. They are on the west side in Little Village. So... Oh. Nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm from the south suburbs. Okay. Chicago. Um, so... I, I just remember like my my dad and like my granddad watching both the Cubs and the White Sox. So I didn't really think much of like the whole rivalry thing, but oh, the cool. first game that I went to, like my dad was like, okay, we're gonna go to a baseball game. And I was like, okay. So like I drew a sign and I was like thinking about the episode with Punky. And I'm like drawing like go cubs. Like, yeah. He's like, Yeah, I don't he was like, I don't think the White Sox would like that. And I'm like, oh, that's what we're <laughs> So it was just kind of like, mm, it like, yeah. just kind of like brought down my expectations a little bit, but
2: yeah. I don't know. I, I,
0: I think when I got a little bit older, I found myself liking the Cubs more just because like uh-huh. they were the underdog. And um, yeah. I had went to this one White Sox game where I think it was like a pop one where a lot of people kept running out on the field and disrupting the game. I'm just like, I don't want to be associated with them. I'm going to be a coastman now, but now <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I don't really care either. Or like Sox, Cubs, it's Chicago to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I,
1: I find baseball very boring. I'm sorry, baseball fans out there, <laughs> but it is so boring.
0: So, so turn off the podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Um, So
1: like, it's the nostalgia part for me. I have um, uh, aunts and uncles who lived on the South side and they're big Sox fans Mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles who live in the suburbs in the North side and are stereotypically Cubs fans, right? Like, isn't that the stereotype that North north side suburbs, those are frat boys or Cubs Mm -hmm. fans? I don't like to be associated with that
0: part of it. Like either one. Yeah. I mean there's there's bad stereotypes about both sides to be right. You
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> but the nostalgia part of it and just having my like it just was on all the time. Mm-hmm. And he would try to explain the thinking behind um. He was my grandfather. Was just very much into like predicting what was going to happen next. And he's like, okay, this setup, this is what I would do if I was the coach. And then he's like, okay, so this is what he was like. If they did what, if they did something different, than he suggested he's like, okay, this is what he must be thinking. So this is what he's going to do in the next game okay. and or the next move or what at play. I don't know what he whatever you call it. So that's what I remember probably it's just the attention that I got like someone was talking to me so okay. I'm like oh yay Cubs this was watching yes. listening to the Cubs got me attention um yes. so
0: I get that <laughs> <laughs> um so I I had the Cubs episode as one of my favorites I also had the you know Punky Gets Her Own Room <gasps> and the Treehouse one oh
1: that's so good
0: and the um the one I think it's called Play It Again Punky when uh, Andy Gibb is on there. Which one is that? What are they so do? she he was her piano teacher?
1: Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I
0: remember and she had a crush on him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: I remember that. Yeah. Right it's in my it's in my memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, like um they did an interview recently with Soleil and Cherry. And they were like talking about how, you know, they'll never forget Andy Gibb and he was so wonderful and he just left a great impression on them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, that is really sweet. Yeah. And um the gals and dolls episode where the girls they were, I think they were like the ketchup sisters or something like that because blood was too icky. And um Henry went to get them all one of those dolls. They're pretty much the cabbage patch kids, but they couldn't oh, yes. have kids.
1: Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It took me a moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um he only came back with one. And I remember years later, my mom went and got one of my girls, the cab is passed down. And I was just like, really, did you not see that episode of Punky Booster with me? And honestly, like my kids, they really didn't care. But like back in the day, like you, you don't do that. Like oh, you come no. back with all of them or none yeah. of them. Or not. Unless, yeah.
1: Unless there's just one kid who really wants If Both kids mm-hmm. want it. You have to kind of either all or
0: nothing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Those are good episodes. Mm -hmm. Those are good ones. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, and um, the one, the best friends one, where Punky and well Cherry starts to date this guy, um, played by Bumper Robinson. Mm -hmm. Forget I forget his first name, but I know his last name was like Soda S O T T A. And then they were like, "What's your name going to be if you marry him?" Cherry Soda (laughs) or something. (laughs) I thought that was a cute episode. It and is. I feel like all the girls had crushes on Bumper Robinson. Like all the shows that he was on from the 80s, he always played like the hunky Black guy on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, I, next, as a yeah. kid, I didn't realize that that was him. But I'm just like, oh, of course it's Bumper Robinson. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there were...
1: Um... Never mind. Uh, we'll get to that.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um you we you already kinda of touched on some of the special episodes like the perils mm-hmm. of Punky, um the um Challenger episode accidents happen. Oh, um okay. what did you think about like the I think it was like a four part episode where Punky had to be separated from Henry and go to Fenster Hall. Those episodes were really hard for me to watch as a kid. Yeah. It was just like heartbreaking to see Punky go through that and um kind of like how you mentioned earlier how they thought like this really rich couple would be the perfect family for her but they were like totally not matched well together
1: yeah I mean I look back and um once again I like I don't that's another episode that I kind of vaguely remembered watching as a child, Mm -hmm. um, going back and watching as adult. So many of these episodes, like I sat down, I watched them with my family um, Mm -hmm. or my older boys. Oh, I didn't mention the name of my boy or the age of my boys. Um, So I have a 15, 14, 12, 9, and Mm 3-year-old. My 3-year-old's a girl, but the rest are boys. And a 25-year-old son or nephew who lives with me. Um, and so the three younger ones watched Punky, uh, the old one, and then the mm-hmm. reboot. The older ones uh watched a little bit of the reboot with us too. But um those episodes, so that that series went, so the first time when Henry decides to like keep her, that was hard. But when we got after getting through two full seasons, of them having a relationship and you've seen Henry, like how good she was for Henry and how good Henry was for her and then him getting sick and how he actually did have resources. So Cherry's grandma and um, there were people who could, and you saw like all, all he needed was extra resources to make yeah. sure that she was going to be safe. And instead of that, let's uproot her from someone that she's attached to, someone who has shown a positive influence in her life and put her with this family who has money and, um, doesn't really care about her emotional, like her social emotional Mm well Um, I thought they did a really, really good job and it, but it was also really hard to watch because, Mm -hmm. um, it was really like, once again, it was just really realistic for a sitcom. A lot of times sitcoms when they, uh, talk about orphans and orphan care or um, foster care they they don't portray it like I think a lot of people on the surface don't remember how deep punky was yeah <laughs> and so you're like oh it's a spunky like fun crazy outrageous person um even her personality like, looking at it in a framework of trauma, dude, that's like, she, it's a trauma mask that she, Mm -hmm. it's a survival skill. She learned how to get the, her needs met. She learned how to find people who would, um, help her become who she wants, like become self-actualized, find people who would be on her side. Mm -hmm. And so even with like her outrageous personality, they did such a good job, but that episode, oh my goodness. It, um it broke me and it kept going on. Like they didn't, yeah. they didn't just like
0: it was four episodes, I think, I of it that.
1: Was, oh, it was yeah, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when Cherry's grandma then tried to get her, and they weren't give her to Cherry's grandma. Um like that's and and there were people in my life who I know when I went into foster care. Um, And then eventually into a group home that, for very similar reasons, we Mm -hmm. could not go with. And um, just very real. I do think that the system has changed a bit now to allow um, where they're considering, you know, giving people more support uh, before just removing kids or uh, giving families more support. But, man, ah, that's such a, I don't know, like... We're going to just turn this into Joanna has a counseling session. I'm sorry. I don't even think this is
0: what you wanted. No, well, right. not, but you've listened to my show. We do talk about social science and those things. So it's great that you're kind of like injecting those things in there. Cause it's like, we're having fun, but then we're also like, you know, making people think a little bit too. Aware. So. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I do, you know, th- the other thing that I really like about this is that it did portray the hard part of foster care. Like, mm-hmm. You know, adoption and foster care, you either get the kid that's going to burn down your house and kill everyone, or you get the kids who's so grateful to have you, (laughs) and you're just a savior and you're saving them. And this really portrayed in between, um, you know, Punky did have problems. She did break things. She did have accidents. She, she... uh, sometimes was clumsy and forgetful and sometimes disobedient and would run away. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like she didn't always make the best choices. And you see over and over again, Henry, um, also not always making the best choices, but being the adult and realizing, um, and then you, you saw glimpses of them providing support and you saw how, how important it was to have, a larger connection that you you can't just do it by yourself um I, I don't know I really as an adult looking at this show I'm like oh my goodness they did it am like I did not realize I was going to become a punky stan but I really am like yes you yeah. guys did it so well and I'm it's a sitcom like so I know it's not perfect mm-hmm. but they're talking about stuff that you know people praise. This is us for, and this is not a knock against. This is us. Like go them. But Punky was doing it forty years <laughs> ago. Forty years ago, <laughs> Punky was covering those same topics, and mm. and not like, dude. When the kid uh, was it, Margot told her, um, your foster parents can't love you the same as your real parents. Oh my goodness, that's like a real thing. <gasps> I still haven't forgiven Margo. I still, I don't care. Like,
0: you know, yeah. I would get so mad when the kids would do that to her. Cause like there was this other episode where um, one of Punky's friend's dad was like an alcoholic and she like tried to talk to him about it, And he like said some really nasty things about her being a foster kid. And I was just like, I like stopped the um, episode and I like got up and walked away. And like my daughter who wasn't really watching, she heard him say that. She was like, yeah.
1: What
0: was it? <laughs> but you know what? I'm so glad that they portrayed that stuff
1: because people really do say that. Mm-hmm. Adults say that kind of junk to kids. And I have some stories of adults saying stuff to me that wasn't really nice about the type of care that I was living in. Um, but also kids, and, and I'm glad they showed it there because a lot of sitcoms, well, a lot of shows, even serious shows, don't want to show that part. Um mm-hmm for whatever reason. But, ooh, could you imagine being the ch- At the same time, can you imagine being a child actor hearing this? Like...
0: Yeah. <sighs> and Hunky was so calm. Yeah. Like, she, like... She could have rightfully so, like, just, like, snapped on that dude and started, like, <laughs> really? dealing with something. But she was, like, calm, just, like... But, I mean, I guess that's kind of, like, the whole, like, resilient child thing. It's just where she just... um Maybe like in that moment you kind of like freeze and you're just like I need to get through this moment, and, yes. maybe, and I'll probably think of it later or maybe like twenty years later, like huh, that happened. Yeah. You know? Yes,
1: I. I mean, that's like one of the the freeze. It's it's one of the, tra- like the trauma reaction of the yeah fight fight or freeze appease. Yeah. P- a- that's another one that they're talking about now. I heard a fifth one too, I, but I can't think of it right now. Mm -hmm. But the fourth one they asked or added was either if you want to keep with the Fs, fawn, or if you want to have it rhyming, it's Mm appease. But that's another trauma response or like survival. It's a survival response is doing what you have to do to get out of the situation. And sometimes that is just accepting like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let me get out of this house right now because you're an alcoholic and you're gonna not, I won't stay alive if I don't. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's what she had, a strong survival instinct. <laughs> but, you know, like she yeah. she kept herself alive.
0: Yeah, because like, um, you know, as a kid, I didn't realize like that whole thing, like, you know, punky power, like it was sounding like something fun and cool to say, like, you know, like girl power. But it was like this like inner strength, that whole like being like a resilient child. That's what punky power was like all yeah. about. yeah.
1: I love
0: that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean Yeah, it takes a much stronger meaning to me now when I say punky power. Yeah. Man. That's anyway. <laughs> but um, we're gonna move on to the documentary, uh, Kit 90. So Soleil, um, you know, after Punky went off the air, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's on Hulu right now uh she recorded herself at just other people in hollywood um around her age and on their like misadventures and stuff and like a lot of interesting things happened to it i know you saw it too joanna so like what were your initial thoughts of the documentary
1: so interesting um when I went into high school, I uh, moved from Chicago, went into a group home, moved from Chicago to Chicago suburbs. And um, that was in the 90s, uh, a little bit later than when this documentary took place. But uh, the, it was in the, north, the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, and the group home that I lived at was predominantly Black and Latino. Well, predominantly Black, a few Latino kids, a few white kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but the area, the neighborhood that we lived in was predominantly white and the high school that I went to was predominantly white. So it was just a very interesting experience to grow up in such like two very different worlds. Yeah. um, Simultaneously. And this documentary, I thought, captured kind of what I saw happening in the affluent white neighborhoods that surrounded the group home I lived at. And I felt like, wow, this, this is an accurate portrayal of what happened in the nineties. I mean, they were definitely wealthier, but at the same time, like they were still doing some, going to great America. I didn't love very, or going to six flags or six Disney, great America. Right. Like mm-hmm. they, that's what we did. And, you know, watching them go to Disney and then all the drugs, like I'm going to say, I told my kid, uh, my 15 year old this, the other morning, like, um, I remember sitting in um, Pre calc, and there's this girl. And uh, like, I was, was junior year, and a bunch I was with a bunch of smart kids, and these are very affluent kids. And we're sitting there, and this girl is like bragging or joking or something about like smoking weed in the parking lot, or I don't know, something mm-hmm. like that um, in the car. And all of us, and she's doing it in class because I don't know, I guess she was entitled or didn't think she was getting in trouble. Um, and they called. Um, oh, and then our pre-calc teacher left the room, came back, acted like nothing happened. And then all of a sudden they called a lockdown in our school. And we never had lockdowns. Like we weren't, this is pre yeah. um, pre-Columbine. So yeah. that is not a normal thing that would happen. And they like drug searched, supposedly drug searched all the lockers and she got called. I feel like. Looking back, that teacher called the office and was like, "You need to go check her locker. <laughs> she, she probably has drugs in it." <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I think that's what that was. What was going on, especially with kids who had money and access, and and parents who weren't. Uh, I don't know, parents who weren't aware or parents who weren't, I don't like, so I didn't get to hang out. I watched those kids from afar. It wasn't like I was part of that whole group, Yeah. but I knew some of them through school and I, and I knew what was going on. Like I wasn't allowed to go to the parties or anything like that because of where I lived. Um, but man, watching it made me, um, I don't want to say nostalgic cause I, I don't think that's the right word. Right. But it, It just made me think back to like, oh, this was, this is a whole generational thing. And I think there was a lot of depression, a lot of suicide, a lot of, a lot of really bad things that ended up coming out of having a generation in the nineties that had access to so many drugs, especially when, um, and having just the adults not realize that, that it was being used in the way that it was being used, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not saying like just yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. So, I thought it was really good and I'm glad that she shared it. Um, uh, oh, I'll let you ask whatever your next question is. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: like, okay, so, um, yeah, like I, I, um, I, I was grew up in a very like strict household, like, yeah, I, my mom wasn't playing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but I I knew of these things and stuff, Mm -hmm. but um, just like seeing, um, I I thought it was interesting because like she was like, you know, this is right before like, you know, the internet and TMZ and they felt more comfortable being on camera doing yeah. these things. And um, like the scene where like, they saw a clip of her telling kids, just say no. And then she's like doing drugs. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what? I'm sure that happened with like a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, we're in that position. They're just saying, you know, what their managers and parents are telling them to say to encourage kids. But like, they're a kid just like everyone else. And they're dealing with those things. And then um, looking at Sully's upbringing, You know, she lived with her mom and, like, her dad seemed like a really, one of those really interesting guys, but just didn't know how to take care of, like, his kids well. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think, like he said, like, he was involved in the civil rights movement and stuff. And he seemed like a really nice guy and she probably gets some of her personality from him. But, like, he just was not there for her. And it was, like, it was very, like, evident, like, throughout that. And I I feel like it really, like, affected her um, her being like, you know, going through like her teenage early 20 years and stuff.
1: Well, and she said that too, at one point about how she had like some abandonment issues, Mm -hmm. um, because her dad, when he was there, he was there, but he wasn't there a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like I never, this actually watching this documentary I don't know if you felt the same but it made me think about the 90s um a little bit different than we um have before it kind of reminded me of kids did you ever did you watch that movie kids from the 90s no I didn't see okay I mean I don't know like I don't know that I would suggest like it's really good but Mm -hmm lots of cursing lots of drugs and a lot of shocking things um okay. it's kind of the uh movie where like rose uh da- dawson Roseanne dawson roxanne dawson what is her name she was dating cory booker like i don't know, I don't know. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry i really i love you, you look you're great and like um Chloe Sevigny, 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 I am not, you get me outside of like the um, sci, science fiction and I don't really know my people. Me um, too. <laughs> they like got their start on it. And she, and Punky references, like some of the skaters from that movie Kids okay. were friends, like when, you know, when she lived in New York and mm-hmm. she lived with those skaters, um, they were in the movie Kids. And I thought, I actually thought like, this reminded me so much of that movie. I remember watching the movie Kids uh, right after I, like while I was in college and I was like, oh, this is, it, It, I mean, it just reminded me of things that were going on um, when, when adults weren't looking, right? When there were yeah. no adults there. And I don't know that adults knew how to ask questions. I don't know if they even... Like things were, things are always changing, but I think our generation has just been focused so much more on um, social emotional well being. We've been focused on uh, balance a lot more. And maybe, maybe this is why, maybe the 90s is why like the helicopter parents really emerged because mm-hmm. so many 90s kids were, had access to so much really young. Um, and no one was really looking out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of scars and bruises left uh, from some of that absence. So I'm glad you had a protective mom. We need more protective moms, right? like, <laughs> that's why you're so awesome, right? Oh. <laughs> that's why you're amazing. Oh. Don't, don't play with your kids, right? Like, don't play. Don't. This world has too many dangers for children.
0: Yeah. Um, But I just thought it was crazy looking at the death count in this documentary. Like, so many people that she hung out with and got close to either die from, like, a drug overdose or, like, suicide. And I think she, like, didn't really think much about it until, like, years later. Like, whoa, all of that happened, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... Like, ah, that's hard. Um, I'm trying to think like with that. So in some ways I relate a lot to that. Uh Um, I think when you just grew up. So once again, having, being around people who had, and and in the group home too, um, especially like the way, it was around there, like people would run away mm-hmm. or, um, you know, the rules were really, really strict. Uh, I had like a nine o'clock bedtime when I was 18 and I could not go into anyone's house that hadn't been like been through like 85 screenings. I couldn't ride in anyone's car unless they had like 85 proofs of insurance. They had to have a mm-hmm. special insurance. Like it was, um, so the rules were so, so strict that, a lot of times kids like teenagers would run away for weekends um, and just deal with the consequences coming back because there was like no in between, like people just wanted to have some type of freedom. Yeah. And um, I do know, and I have lost like people that I grew up with because they had got involved with just different drugs or prostitution or um, danger, you know, like in a mm-hmm. dangerous way. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I don't know. So like, again, and and Soleil is not punky. that's I think that's the mm-hmm. other thing. Um, when when punky, like you look at her and that punky power and when she dealt with traumatic, sad things, you always see her pushing in. Mm-hmm. and um, she, you you always see her including people, like trying to bring people in. And that's, I, I would say that's probably maybe one of the most unrealistic things about Punky Brewster is because you can't do that indefinitely, right? Like that's a, mm-hmm. it's a very attractive quality to have. It's everyone wants the the orphan girl who uses her her trauma or her bad experience to like bring others in and make everyone feel accepted and, and loved. And I think it seemed like, I mean, I don't know, Soleil, But it seemed like she got confused a lot with the girl that she played, especially Mm -hmm. because she had a very bubbly personality and she was very accepting of others. But there is no way, like I think at one point in the documentary, she talked about feeling, feeling like, man, how did I not know? You know, these people were reaching out and she had these people reaching out who were suicidal to her. And she's like, if I had given them a little extra time or that, but she couldn't, well, she probably, was just protecting herself because you can't give that much energy to other people without there being some type of consequences. And so she probably just like put some blinders on subconsciously or automatically so that she didn't, because she would have just, like you saw how much hurt was around her and how many people felt lonely and I think they were attracted to her either because of the idealized version of her on TV or because of this natural personality she had. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I don't know. Like, I, I feel that like that's a lot of things to unpack, but yeah. also it's probably like, I mean, I'm guessing that like every time someone died it like, had her put just a little bit more of those blinders up so that she wasn't really it's it's like so much and it's hard dealing with people who are going through chronic depression especially you know you said how many eight seven yeah was about eight people like like if you're constantly surrounded with that many people who have those large needs and you don't have you don't know where the resources are Mm -hmm. um, then it's just easier to like be like you know what? I really love you and you're going to get better and we're going to get through this together. And here, smoke a joint, everything's Mm -hmm. better. And like, that's not for long-term when you're talking about serious, serious mental um, illness like that. uh, You need more resources than just nice words. And she wasn't given the resources to give the people around her. And on top of everything, you're talking about a lot of people who have money, like these kids who have this other layer of power that is probably preventing them from getting, from having like people who could have helped them get Mm -hmm. involved because man, why would those people help them? Right. I don't know. That's my thoughts. (laughs)
0: No, those are good thoughts. Like, I I just was trying to, like, unpack that, trying to figure out, like, because it just seemed like it was, like, as she was watching those things again, it was just like, oh. well, But, but, you know, I think that happens a lot to us, like, where we take different things that happened that were, like, traumatic, and we just kind of, like, put it in the back, and then it kind of, like, comes back, like, 20, 30 years later, and you're just like, whoa, wait, what happened? Oh my yeah, God, you know. Yeah. And all that
1: was when she was a teenager. I think you're right with that. Um that that's also just a teenage thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like let's we'll <laughs> too much is going on right now. We'll unpack that in 20 years, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we have time. Mhm.
0: So um, we're gonna move to the new Punky Brewster series. Uh, it came out, I think, in February. Yeah, and um, Soleil comes back. Obviously, his Punky. Yeah, Cherry like the fruit comes back. His <laughs> Cherry Johnson. It. I'm getting it right. It's like I like what I, I feel. I can't look at her, the spelling of her name. If I look at the spell, and I'm gonna mess it up. Right. So I'm like I I won't even look at my notes when I say her name, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, George Gaines um, he passed away maybe like five or six years ago. Like he died on my birthday actually, um, February 16th. Like, but like I remember wanting to say something about it because it's like you know it's it's Henry. But at the time, like another family member had passed, and I didn't I wasn't really saying much about that death, and I didn't want to look like a jerk like. Like, yeah, he wow. Henry. So I was just like, I'm not going to say anything. But yeah, he passed away. Um, but he, like, lived really a long time, like, like in his 90s. And um, Susie Garrett, she passed away, too. So, like, they couldn't reprise their role, obviously. And um, yeah. And Freddie Prinze Jr., he plays Punky's ex-husband, Travis, which I, I love him in this role. Yeah. And let's see, uh, Lauren Lindsay Donis she plays her biological daughter, Hannah. And then we have Noah Contrell as Diego and Oliver De Los Santos as Daniel. Mm -hmm. And they are her adopted sons. And then uh, Quinn Copeland plays Izzy. The, I guess, online they were like Punky 2.0.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, so... Um, she looks just like, um ah, dang, I should have wrote her name down. You know? She does have a familiar face. The break-dancing girl from when we were Oh, here. Allie. Yes, Allie, um... Ah.
0: ah! I can't think of her name. I can't think of her name either. Yes! But I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like, she was, like, in the Cheaper by the Dozen movies and she was on yes. the like, Zack and Cody. Yes, she
1: looked... This girl, when I saw her, I was like, oh my goodness. This, she,
0: Hammigan, Hap, Allie. Let me see if I can Google her. Not uh, Allie. Yeah. Hanson? I can't. Nope. I don't know. I can't, I can't figure it out because, like, I I tried to like, type it in, but we'll have to look it up (laughs) later. We'll probably figure it out at the end of the show what her. Right. Last name is. But I know who you're talking about. Yes, she does yes. kind of look like how her a little I
1: bit. Not? Man, okay. Anyway, she looks just like the Missy out, the the um
0: who now is it video I, girl.
1: Yeah, and I just watched <laughs> her, and she's like a, a advocate for um actors, for child actors, and she's mm-hmm. advocating some really like novel ideas on how to keep them safe, and she talks about the trauma that happens when actors are, um, when child actors like are auditioning for roles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about, anyway, it's like, uh, anyway, Allison something.
0: Yeah. Uh, so after watching the whole like season, um, what did you think about the new Punky Brewster?
1: I, uh, so I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I will admit I was not necessarily sold on like the first two episodes, but I know better. Mm-hmm. So the original Punky started out so strong that I get to the orig- I get to the n- reboot with the new ones. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. Yeah. Um. But man, they again, they were. I think they were able to repeat um some of the nuance and uh, repeat the depth or at least some of the depth that was in the original series. So mm-hmm. I think it's hard when you're compared, you know, it's, it's, I, a reboot's hard because you automatically get compared to this series that was good enough to reboot. So, yeah. um, but I liked it. And I think that there were some topics that they did really, really well. Um, so yeah. what do you think?
0: i i overall liked it too like i mean you're right there were like some cheesy parts um yeah. like uh the episode where it was like a rummage sale or something and like izzy lost her hat and i'm like i was thinking like oh wait as soon as they said i'm like are they gonna do like they did on like mr belvedere where they sold his faberge egg or just like other shows where like they sell something really important and then they, like, go around looking for it or something like that. But it ended up just, no one, like, sold it or anything. It, like, mm-hmm. Brandy the dog, like, hit it or something. Like, <laughs> her, yeah. uh, Izzy's hat. But, um, sorry, that was a spoiler if you haven't seen. <laughs> but, I mean, I try I try to, like, do this where enough people have enough time to, like, watch it. So, I'm sorry. Okay. Spoilers. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't even, re- I didn't even think about, like
1: what type of spoilers because there's a big one that like i'd like to talk about
0: but we're gonna talk about it because like (laughs) like, i'm like i want to talk about the big talk about it we're (laughs) gonna talk we're gonna get to that (laughs) um but like i i really liked how you know they showed punky that kind of like henry she wasn't like the perfect parent yes and you know she was like trying to like figure things out and like her, I think, like, maybe she remembered how maybe Henry didn't always, like, understand her or, you know, the episode when she's like, Henry, I'm getting boobs! Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how he was, like, freaking out. Yeah! Yeah, and oh. I think, like, the episode where they were trying to figure out what to ask um, Daniel about, like, his, you know, his, his gender identity. Gender identity. Yeah. And his, and like, And like, but she went the total opposite of Henry. She's like over reading and, you know, like trying to get him to like figure it out right away. And it's just like, well, no, just give him time. So it was just like, Henry was like one way. He's just like, I don't want to hear it. And she's Uh just like overdoing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So totally. Once again, that was something I felt was really, really relatable. So Mm -hmm. I do have, Um, uh, two of my children have come to me via uh, adoption. And um, one was a placement, like a guardianship placement for a while uh, before adoption. And because of like, I have had to work on that because of my background, not overdoing it and like over identifying with them and over like it's okay if you don't want to call me mom and it's all right. if That's one of the things I love from Punky also. And I didn't, the original thing is that she never called him dad, that she called him Henry and that mm-hmm. that was just okay. And he called her his daughter, mm-hmm. but she called him Henry. And I, mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to normalize that more um, because kids really should have the choice and what the, you know, like, it should be okay for kids yeah. to call the adults in their life um you know if they're not comfortable with she was 7 years old by the time that she went there yeah if she so anyway that's a side note but yes i really like that they addressed that with her going overboard um because when i watched it i was thinking it reminded me of another sitcom who had a very similar episode that came out a couple of years ago and i remember what and i'm like okay this other show just did this like Mm -hmm. here we go again and i was watching and then when her older daughter quinn came in and like had a you know a come to jesus moment with her like mom mom stop you don't think that you're making him uncomfortable like you he he's nine he doesn't know like just let him be who he is like stop Mm -hmm. trying to make this a thing Mm -hmm. he's not old and like just let him be, let give him a place so he can just figure out who he is instead of like turning this into her idea. And I really liked that. I thought that was just, once again, like the nuance that was there in the original, um, and it handled, they ended up handling it different than this other sitcom did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll look back in 20 years and be like, that was the wrong way to handle it. But right now, I feel like <laughs> that's the right way. Just let like let the kid know that they have the space to figure out who they are and mm-hmm. not turn this into like, I don't know. Yeah, like I need to an answer right now. Yeah. <laughs> like the, kid, the kid just wants to know what he likes, yeah. right? Like he's trying to figure out like what makes him feel comfortable and what makes him feel good. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all there for that.
0: Yeah. What were you, some of your favorite show moments of the new series? Um,
1: So, uh, there was, okay. I like, I can't do happy. I'm like going to go deep. I'm sorry. That's
0: okay. There, That's okay. We'll to out.
1: Uh, there is a moment. So when, um, Izzy, when they have to go to court for Izzy and okay. um, they're allowing, you know, it's a a status hearing for Izzy and Izzy's mom, you know, is, is going to give, get another chance. Um, and Soleil's sons, you know, come to her and are like, and you know, she's talking about how she goes to them. Oh, oh. Uh, and I have open, our adoptions are open and I don't like to talk and I'm probably not going to go too much into our adoption because that's theirs. Sp- um, I I do feel like if it's, if it's possible, like you should do everything that you can to make sure that your kids have contact with their biological families, um, that that's so important um, because that is their, like that's their family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's talking to the kids and she's like, you know, do we need to reach out to that? Like, like, I'll make it happen. Do you want to meet these people? And and then then they got worried And I um, and I'm probably like saying this backwards, but the boys got worried and they're like, well, do you think that they could take us away? And she's like, and then she assures them and she's yeah. like, no, we went through the process of adoption. So you don't have to be, you don't have to be worried that you don't have that stability. At the same time, it's important for you to have This wider, you know, exposure to all of the people that, you know, you came from and those people who, you know, otherwise would be in your life. And I felt like that was such a good, and I, it's been a while since I watched that episode, but I just remember sitting back and I'm like, I'm glad they're taught. Because it's such a, that's such a complicated thing. You know, it is, especially for kids who have been shuffled around here and there, it is important for them to feel like they're secure. It is important for them to know that like, okay, this is my place. It is also just important for them to know like, yes, these other people are my family. Um, It's so, it's, adoption is such a weird thing where all of a sudden, like, people who are your family are no longer your family anymore. Like, that's just, I don't know, that blows my mind that the system that we have set up. Um, I remember when we, we went through the process and we got a new birth certificate and we're like, so we ended up getting, um, we could not get the birth certificate changed um, to have the biological parents on, but we were able to at least have um, the last name of our children on their, um, their birth last name. And I think that's important because, you know, when you're going back and doing genealogy and, and, you know, people like, you need to have it. And that's like stealing their rec. I mean, it's like taking their records away and um, taking a huge part. So I love that they address that um, and that they did in the nuanced way. uh, And, you know, once again, as long as it's safe, as long as the kids like, safety isn't being put in danger, man, it's so much, I don't know, at least our experience is so much better Mm -hmm. uh, to have contact with your family. So,
0: yeah, that's,
1: so I really like that. Um, what other episodes did I like? I mean, I just, so everything that I saw, I just liked from the adoption standpoint. Oh my goodness, the room when they were, when they had to all be locked in the car. Yeah. Because I, um, oh my goodness, that, like thinking about that even, about how like Izzy was like, I can sleep out here because this is where I, you know, I slept in cars before. And the, watching the kids who had never really experienced that or who were too young to remember experiencing mm-hmm. that level of um, homelessness or, um, and Izzy being like, okay with that. Like, I I liked that, Um I don't know. I like that. It's, uh, well, yeah. I, and I like that they ended up being okay sharing a room. That's, I mean, cause it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to make room for someone else in your mm-hmm. family when you already feel like your family's big enough. Yeah. And like I said, I have a really large family. So we, I have kids who have had to make room for other kids and, um, and it's, it's a hard balance. I do think kids are better off though for it when they learn how to share and they learn how to have more or you know how to that you have more when you have less or
0: something mm-hmm. like that. yeah um I thought that was a good episode just from Punky's decision to make them sleep in the car and um Travis coming up to them and yeah. stuff and getting in the car with them the only critique I have is when I think about it if you go back in the original series there were only two rooms and, and, was... now... <laughs> and now it's like I'm like trying to count like how many rooms? So it was like Punky's room and then Hannah had her own room. And then the boys, there's three rooms that they do so construction. No, didn't
1: they? They had three rooms, I think, in the original series. Because I know. Henry had like, there was like a living room, like there was a living, but then there was a den and there was Henry's office. So, because I remember in okay. Punky the room, we have to check this. Okay. So I, I hope someone fact checks us on this, but I remember thinking when Punky in the episode, Punky gets a room. I remember it bothering me that Henry has literally three rooms to himself mm-hmm. and Punky's sleeping on the couch because um, he had his den and he had his office, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he okay. only had his bedroom and his office, but I thought there was still also because like.
0: I, I looked up on Wikipedia and they said two rooms. Oh, two. they did.
1: Okay. So then I was wrong. I was okay. Wrong. Okay. I just maybe was looking through.
0: Yeah. I, I now I feel like I need to go back and watch that an episode. Cause I'm just like, how many? Rooms? No, I think. Okay. So no, there <laughs> were
1: two. Maybe, maybe she bought another unit. Well, didn't Henry own the building?
0: Something like that, because she said, Henry left this apartment to us. And it was like the exact apartment that they lived in.
1: But I think like right in that first episode when she was um, when she was in the empty unit mm-hmm. um, and Cherry's grandma was like, hey, you need to figure out what's going on. I think there are raccoons or something in there. And um, I, but I don't, I didn't know if he was, the actual owner of the whole apartment building or if he was like the,
0: the super. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I couldn't, I, I wasn't sure on that. Um, Yeah. Maybe who knows. I don't know. They, they figured something out
0: yeah i guess because like i mean sometimes like they can do some construction and be right. like okay, maybe they had a dining room. room no
1: they had a kitchen i don't know now now i want to go back and like count like is there an extra room was there a closet they could <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. maybe maybe so,
1: <laughs> See, these are the type of things that i'm so i'm taking a master class from um one of my favorite authors and she's talking about world building and one of the things that she talks about is how you need to build your world before you start creating the stories that go in it because if you don't have like the physics of your world figured out and everything that it'll take people out like there there will be those readers that like end up getting taken out of mm-hmm the story because they're like, well, this doesn't add up. And I'm totally that person. I am that reader. Like I know 99% of people would care less, but yeah. I'm like, now I'm like, okay, I need, I need an explanation
0: <laughs> for yeah. why there are three bedrooms now? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, definitely. You're a reader
1: too, I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I read. That's You're what saying. I like, but I'm just like, something's I, I I can pick out a whole bunch of plot holes in some of my favorite shows. And I just I just learned to just deal with it. But I'm just like, oh. you guys just kind of called it in with that script today. You just gonna act like that didn't happen two
1: episodes ago? Okay. Right, like I just, you didn't call a single person in the fan club. Just call, you really <laughs> need to just call one person to script check everyone from the fan club because, mm-hmm. those you know, fan club readers, they'll make sure. Oh, yeah. Top
0: matches. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, with Travis's character, two things that I noticed that I really liked was that how um, the show acknowledged um, his um, Latino heritage.
2: Yes!
0: I I love love that. that. I did too. I did too. Because, like, um, Izzy was watching the telenovelas. And he was like, "Yeah, my tea is." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know." Because like, I think probably like the younger people don't realize that he's the son of the late actor Freddie Prince, who was on the show called Chico and the Man. Yeah, and um, he tragically died. Like they, at first they said it, it was like death by suicide, but they're saying that the medicine that his doctor gave him or something led to oh, his know. suicide. And he died when he was like 22 years old, and Freddie was just a baby. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a hard story. Mm-hmm. And Freddie has been cast as white. I mean, yeah,
0: I don't think a lot of people. Latino and that. white,
1: right? But he's always been cast as white, non-Latino.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. So like, I like that they like yeah. acknowledge that. And um, and then in the um '80s block party episode, he looks at Punky and Izzy, and he's like, "Looking good." I'm like, "That was his father's catchphrase." <laughs> Is that his dad? I hope so.
2: <laughs>
1: no, I know. I um, I don't know much about him, but I'm glad that he's doing well. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm glad he's doing well. A lot of those '90s actors had like a really hard time, so, I'm, so it's good to see.
0: Yeah,
1: like, this show has the ones that like survived and are doing well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I know, like, he's been married to Sarah Michelle Gellar for, like, many years, which is, like...
1: Like, insane?
0: Yeah, that's, like, a pretty big deal. But I think they kind of keep to themselves and they don't really put themselves, like, out there like, you know, other actors and actresses do. And I think that helps their families. Like, I don't know what their kids look like. And I think... Yeah. You know? (laughs) I've
1: seen... yeah, you can see there there's definitely a move by some parents who grew up as child actors who are like, no, you do not get access to my children, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm and I think I'm I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. What else did you like about this series? Because I or this season.
0: Yeah, so I liked um when punky decides to redo the tree house and you no know, at first she yeah. makes it exactly the way that it was when she was a kid and me being a star was like oh this is great but then i'm like i realized i was missing on the part that she wasn't listening to what izzy wanted yeah and then they redid it and it was like exactly what izzy wanted and i'm like you know what? that's right that's yeah that's good yeah that's
1: that's like another moment that I felt like the series just acknowledged those like they i think they they figured out a way I do think the first couple episodes were rough, but I think as they kept going, like they figured out a way how um to kind of reproduce that comedic depth mm-hmm. that their original series had where they they just were doing things right and and talking about topics in a light heart talking about really fit, like kids having their own identity right even even if that kid reminds you so much of yourself like them being able to have their own identity I think it did a good job of they just did a good job of capturing that
0: yeah yeah I I, I definitely think so. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Can I tell you, this is so much fun. Yeah, I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> I'm loving talking about these shows too. Like, mm-hmm. it's just nice to like fangirl on something. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm having a great time. Like, I'm I got on my little punky jacket. I know you look so good. <laughs> I got this years ago when um, I worked at the museum in town. They had like an eighties party. And I found it online, and I was just like, I, I had to squeeze into it today. But I'm yeah. like, I, I got it on, and that's all.
1: Yeah. That was. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend, and she was saying something about her COVID weight. I was like, you know what? The great thing is, we all have put on that COVID weight this year, so we all are just looking at each other and not noticing. I'm like, I
0: don't notice anyone changing because we all just changed together. Yeah, funky power, funky power, <laughs> right. Maybe we'll have healthier body images because of all of this. You know what? That's what I'm hoping. Because, like, I was like, you know what? Every stage of my life, even when I was the ideal weight, I was like, I wanted to be thinner. I wanted to be a skinny white woman. And that never happened. And I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to love where I am now because, like, who knows what I'm going to look like in 20 years? I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy what I have right now. Yeah.
1: Uh, That's so, yeah. That's, Where I am, I mean, I, yeah, when I was younger, I got really small and mentally it wasn't good and Mm -hmm. physically it wasn't good. And I feel so much better, so much more energy where I'm at now. Um, And I think that's like, we underestimate that importance. And Mm -hmm. um, so I I don't know. Yeah, I think that's... (laughs) What we need to be focusing on, yeah. feeling good, and, <laughs> and being able to do stuff, and not having no energy, but yeah. being tiny. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before we get to like Punky's mom, yeah. I want there was one more thing I wanted to talk about with like the new season. I like how they did a throwback to when um, Cherry and was proposing to her girlfriend and and then like the girlfriend started proposing to her and she was like you have a um, unrealistic fear of refrigerators. Oh yes <laughs> I
2: screamed I'm like yes they, did it. Like, they snuck it in ready
0: right. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh well, yeah, she almost died.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about that very special episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, because like oh. I knew, I knew I was gonna bring it up for the the next one, but for the this current season. But yeah, did that episode trip you out? Like, I I made my kids watch that when they were Like, watch it's this not- episode. I don't want you guys playing in a refrigerator, even though I read yeah. that actually doesn't really happen anymore. With is okay. like locking from the inside, but even now, like if my, my cat, like, you know, if I open up the door, she'll like try to hop in and I'm like, where's the cat? And I'm like, check the refrigerator. I don't want to, I want a cherry situation to happen to my cat. Like.
1: Right. Oh, I think there's an entire generation of us that have a lot of, um, refrigerator safety. Yeah. Um, Because of that episode, I think it goes the same for us all having an unnatural fear of caffeine pills. (laughs) (laughs) Like we
2: don't
1: like, we don't like refrigerators, Mm No, make sure no one's around and
0: we don't like caffeine pills because we're not safe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I I like, I was like reading, I know you read the book, like, Be the Bridge. And yeah. um, there is this one part in the book where she was talking about where she wanted, the author wanted to start a Black History Month thing at her school or something like that, and she was talking about how surprised she was that she got so much pushback from it. And I was like, "Did you not see the episode of Family Members when Laura wanted to do right. Black History?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching '90s television. If yeah. you PGI Friday <laughs> would have known, right. <laughs> right? That's how that's how my mind works. My mind works in like. 80s nope. and 90s TV shows like I like take those special episodes and I'm just like
1: yeah, <laughs> those special sense. episodes had me side-eyeing every single adult that had me in a room alone every mm-hmm. single adult if if you were a teacher and that door got shut I was like <laughs> yeah, I <can't." laughs> oh, yeah. Right? oh yeah like no adult could be trusted. Mm-hmm. It actually was true in my case. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, I had some very good
0: adults about <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. are um, like, people who get that though. <laughs> yeah. All right, um before we move to Punky Swamp, did you have like anything else about like this new season that you wanted to touch on that we may have forgotten? No, I like I You know, they did, they just did a good job
1: of, um, I just thought they did a good overall job of touching on things that, um, that are good. You know what? Actually, I do have one thing. This This was unprepared. Like I didn't even think about this, but just popped in my head right now. The one thing that bothered me about watching this whole thing is that it was supposed to be taking place in 2020 and Mm -hmm. there were no masks. And I remember there was an episode where, um, the one girl is going on a date with her boyfriend. Like, so Izzy, no, not Izzy, Um, Quinn, Quinn, no,
0: no, uh, Hannah, Hannah,
1: Hannah is going on a date at the coffee shop. And I just wish they had worn a mask, like just for a little bit at the coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they recorded this during COVID. Can we just have a little Mm -hmm. bit of realism? Just a little, just a a tiny little bit. Let's just acknowledge it.
0: Yeah. I mean, some shows do that because I think when 9-11 happened, Friends decided not to even acknowledge it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I have feelings about Friends, so. (laughs) that's not a go-
0: that's not a good comparison for me <laughs> um saved by- i'm doing a friends episode later this year with one of my friends but well, i'm focusing oh more on phoebe because like oh. phoebe's my i like phoebe and that's like the only one that i would probably want to hang out with in real life to be honest Oh
1: my goodness. So my coworker, I work with like the sweetest girl, like so fun, but she's super quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, she is into all the sci-fi things. She's has lived this like amazing life knows like every astronaut out mm-hmm. there. And, um, and she was telling me earlier this year, how she was like thinking about starting running her. she has a sister that runs, um, and she was thinking about it, but she was like, I don't know. And she has never seen Friends before. That's why we get along because she mm-hmm. doesn't even know. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. just So, so she had never seen Friends before. And I was like, have you, and she's like running. I'm like, have you seen the Friends, like Phoebe running episode? I was like, you should see. And she's like, no. So I, I like find the clip and I yeah. said, and, And anyway, now she's running and she's been running for a while. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I like every time she posts a running thing, I'm like, I bet you she runs like Phoebe. Because (laughs) she would be like the one person out there who's like, I'm going to have fun. If I got to run, it's going to be a good time. And yes, you know what? Friends would be great if it was all Phoebe and Joey and maybe just a little bit of Joey. All Phoebe, a a smidge of Joey. And then,
0: Yeah. (laughs) sorry well, that is- it was a 90s thing yeah. I didn't feel included yeah yeah so that's why I, I'm we're focusing more on Phoebe when we do that like listeners yeah. when we we do that well we'll talk a little bit about the show as a whole but it's mostly going to be on Phoebe um
1: <laughs> but anyway <let's-> you're <laughs> gonna have to cut so much out of this interview I'm sorry <laughs> it's like- maybe I
2: And edit
0: Probably, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm probably gonna keep it all in. <laughs> but we're gonna move on to um just that last episode where Punky mm-hmm. meets her mom Susan for the first time since she was abandoned when she was six years old. So, you know, what were your thoughts on, you know, what happened, yeah. what was said and stuff?
1: Dude, okay. So was it like two or three episodes before that? It was it wasn't the last episode when she got the when her mom called, what episode was that? When her mom, I can't remember. I
0: thought it was the last one. When her mom called? No, no, no. When no. she actually sees her mom. Yes. But
1: remember when her mom calls? So yeah. she picks up the phone and she gets off and she's like, that was my mom. I got up off of the couch and I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, she is not like, I was so, I, I like got up and I like ran around my kitchen. I was like, I gotta get rid of this energy. This is like, ah. So so I had a moment with that and I was like, no, Mm -hmm. her mom does not. No, her mom does not get this moment of her life. Like her mom missed all punk is doing well. Do not come in here and ruin her life. I was just so protective of punky. Yeah. And so, um, then they got to the episode and then when her mom like, like she was there and she saw did she see her mom and then her mom left and I was like or did her mom I, uh-huh. now I, I should have went back and watched this like a little sooner mm-hmm. I watched it when it first came out so her mom left right like she her mom the first time that she was there to meet her her mom didn't show
0: right no yes yeah, she didn't show up like she, like she saw her walk past where they're supposed to meet. She's come she's in, and she was coming
1: in and I was like, thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We're going to do this. Okay. All right. I, I just wanted the show to do it well. And I didn't want her. Um, I wish that her mom had like her mom, I mean, Susan Sarandon. How, how can Susan Sarandon look like, but she's a good actress. She got wasn't a, Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon, who was her mom? Not Susan Sarandon.
0: No, no, it was someone else. No, I don't, I don't think it was.
1: Oh, Sharon Lawrence.
0: Yeah, Why did I see Susan Sarandon.
1: Yeah, is oh, Susan. Oh my god! Right, right.
0: Because so I'm like Because La- I think Susan Lawrence. I think she played um, the girlfriend to the police captain on Monk. I remember her from that. Uh,
1: okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so she, Susan, she. um so she can't, she left and I I felt like they could have had her a little bit more of a mess to be realistic, Mm -hmm. but it's still a sitcom. You can't have her being so much a mess. Um, And I did appreciate that. And I did appreciate like how they were able to kind of get that backstory about how like she was a mess. And um, when they did finally have that conversation, I was like all tears. And I'm like, Yes, this is a conversation that needs to be had because it that is a reality that she in in that conversation they were talking about how the mom just was like, "I know you think that I was taking care of you, but you were really taking care of me, and that wasn't and and you know, did her mom do the right thing by abandoning her? No, like she could have found a better place. Like I, right. like, I want to yell at her mom and be like, you could have found something better. But really at the situation that her mom was in, like her mom just felt hopeless and, you know, didn't, there are some new um, laws that her mom didn't know how to even get help at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that her mom, you know, was like, you know, this is five you know, this This is five years, you know, I'm five years sober for the first time ever. And I feel like I'm ready to make amends. And I like that because it insinuated that she had been sober before, that this was a cycle, you know, like, and this took 40 years for her to get mm-hmm. to this place. I, I appreciated the realism. Like they just had a little, whoever are the writers on this show, like they have people that at least do some research into trauma and drug addiction and into the foster care and adoption system. Like they have some people who are at least doing their homework. And I, I, I just appreciate that. Um, but my favorite, I did write this down, um, my favorite line that she said when her mom was like, you know, do you forgive me? And she's like, I forgave you a long time ago. Like you have to, you can't, Mm -hmm. you, you can't for it's, and that forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's like for yourself. Like you can't hold on to all of their mistakes and that they made or all of their shortcomings or their downfalls or all the ways that they negatively impacted your life. Um, if you if you hold on to that then it drags you down like you can't you can't move forward because all it, that always just keeps coming up and everything that goes on you just keep going back to that unless you let them go of it because um and so i appreciated that punky was like i forgave you a long time ago you know and that i 100% know that was for punky not for her mom mm-hmm. but then you know she's like i don't even know if you want me back in your life and i love that she said she said I don't need a mom. I have one. And his name was Henry.
0: Mm-hmm. That made me cry. But
1: I need a friend.
0: Yeah, yeah. right. That made me cry when she said that. Like she had a mom. And I love
1: that. Like, it wasn't about Henry's title. It wasn't that. It's like, it just was good that. And, and Henry was her mom and Henry did a great job parenting her the best way that he could. And I love that she's reflecting Henry and all of her great fun things. And and so I am kind of excited to see like where they go now mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So. Yeah, because I, I looked it up and they actually are going to have a, a second season. Because like when I first wrote this down, I was like, if there's a second season, but I Googled it today and like they're going to do a second season. Yay! So, like, what would you like to see happen in the second season?
1: Oh, so they're going to go through an adoption, right? Like, that's coming up with Izzy. Like, they're going to start the process Mm -hmm. for adoption. I would like to see that be really messy. I mean, not for the sake of Izzy, but for the sake of realism. I would like to see um, there be some, um, just some twists and turns thrown into that to be... Um, in the in the way that Punky Brewster has done so well. I mean, geez, like that's what ha- we just talked about how sad it was when they did it when she's like, a yeah. kid. Come on, let's just dramatize a whole nother generation. It's time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I you know, um, it's just so important to see yourself or your lived experience reflected back at you. And I think they have an opportunity to reflect. Um, an experience that a lot of people never get reflected in a a powerful, meaningful way um, that doesn't look like Orphan Annie or
2: mm-hmm.
1: Anne of Green Gables or I can't think of any other orphans.
0: Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> like, there's Willis and... Yeah, like different shows. And, <laughs> and Webster. I know. <laughs> but you know, like this show did it,
1: so much more nuanced and mm-hmm. so I think they have an opportunity to do um adoption well um if the adoption even happens. I'd love to see them work through like an open adoption with the other kids. Um I'm excited to see what ends up happening with Punky and her ex-husband. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is that
0: gonna develop into something? Yeah is that gonna be continue like a uh, weird I don't know yeah I kind of want them to get together like it just I seems know. like they I, I know have this really great chemistry and stuff yeah. like I mean for her to like in the first episode when she like kisses him she's like wait you're not my husband anymore and it's just like there's still something there and he's like really trying to be yeah. there for his family and I'm just like I don't I hope I don't know I hope they do kind of you know yeah. Yeah,
1: I know I would like to see them, but they're probably going to keep the, is it, will they, won't they?
0: Think. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> they, they have to keep some traditional
0: mm-hmm. sitcom tropes. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: what else would I like to see? I And then I just like to see some like good friendships develop. So one of the the hallmarks of Punky Brewster was Punky and Cherry's relationship and, we just don't see that with any of the other kids like right now it's like all the kids their relationship together and i and i love that but i'd love to see like one of them um have like a good like if they could show like a good friend relationship um yeah. i think we need to see more of those like that's what i miss honestly about 90s sitcoms like friends were so elevated in the 90s and having good friendships and having friendships that came before romantic relationships mm-hmm. um and i like i'd like to see that again and i don't think that we do that well now um and and maybe i'm wrong maybe this is just i, I don't know i just like good friend relationships so yeah i'd like to see some good friends what are you looking forward to
0: Um, so definitely seeing maybe Punky and Travis, maybe going back and forth with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I want Hannah to loosen up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, there's some Punky in here. Like, I I want to see it come out a little bit more. Like, she's like, you Mm -hmm. know, like typical, like teen and stuff. But it'd be cool if like, they could like bond a little bit better.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm hoping there won't be any, any more like misunderstanding episodes where Izzy walks in and hears something and she thinks it's, it's just like that. it happens so much. Like, I, I feel like nowadays, like you should just like come in and, like, hey, if you hear something come right. to me first, don't run away. Like, like, I feel like if I were to like adopt to get a foster kid, I would probably like, sit down and say that to them first. Like, cause this stuff happens. And I'm like, and I'm going like, to show you this episode of this TV so you can know what I'm about. That's how I teach people. I'm just like, watch this episode. Watch this episode.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, and I and, and I do feel like that's just a sitcom trope as well. Like, how many times have your kids heard you say something that they didn't understand? Like, I just feel like my kids would be like, wait, did I just hear you say something? And I'm like, no, that's not what I just said. This is yeah. what I said, mm-hmm. right? I feel like we have... And in their house, I do feel like Punky would have an, I mean, she has such an open house. I feel like she would have already said, hey, make sure you ask me or get clarification or something. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just like wondering what like other like show tropes are they going to put in there? <laughs> I'm yeah. always looking for them <laughs> or, okay. or just like homages to maybe something that happened before, like maybe have them go fishing or something yeah. or, or camping or even if they oh. reference um, yes. like maybe Punky's like, ah, I had this imaginary friend named Glomer when I was a kid, like from Ooh. the cartoon series or something.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I want a camp episode now. You just like, I want them to go to, I want them to go to summer camp mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, you know what? Also, I want Izzy to develop her own personality. I don't really want Izzy to be two point. you know, Punky 2.0. But yeah. But punky, punky. Izzy be
0: Izzy. But yeah. I, 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 I mean, I like, yeah. I mean, like with, um, her obsession with, uh, the WWE, I thought that was kind of yes. cool. I, I like love that. that. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was not punk, you know, that's kind of like Punky had, the I
1: don't know what a Punky, have? Cubs, I don't know. But that was Henry's thing, too. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have some... <sighs> They're probably going to go in a completely different <laughs> direction.
0: Maybe. I, I'm I'm thinking probably, like, the second season, Traps is probably going to have, like, a girlfriend or maybe we'll meet that girlfriend that he broke up with who sounds like she was, like, what, 22 or something like that. And, like, she just would just text emojis and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, oh, wow. No, no. I don't think they're going to do this, but it would be really good. And I wouldn't want them to do this because I like Freddie Prince Jr. But it would be really good if he, like, relapsed, like, really relapsed into some of his drug drinking ways. Mm -hmm. And, like, they dealt with that head on. See, I just want to turn this into not a sitcom. Everything, I'm like, okay, so how can we make this more depressing?
0: (laughs) Oh, I I don't know if like, did he have a drug habit? I thought he was just like, just not there. I thought Um, that was just like what they were saying. It
1: wasn't like,
0: so it was, it was like a passive
1: drug habit. Like I don't, so not like a, not like an alcoholic. It it, Mm -hmm. just, his drug use and alcohol use was taking it was like distracting him from the family. And so that's right. Because okay. remember when um, I, Hannah, I had to uh-huh. like, remember her name. Remember when Hannah, like they found the weed in Hannah's room. That's right. Yeah. but it was because it fell out of her dad's bag and he had it because he was going to throw it away or something because mm-hmm. he had it from his girlfriend or mm-hmm. from one of the gigs that he had just went on. Um, And I like, once again, we're going to talk about nuance because I like that nuanced Approach, like, would he be classically an addict? No. In any other situation, would his marijuana use be negative? No, like, mm-hmm. that was, it's fine. But he had this family and he had a wife and he had responsibilities and he was using it to cope or to leave or to, you know, to check out. And so, just the same as we do with anything else, if we're checking out and not being present, that can become dangerous. And so that kind of was what like, that's how at least I interpreted their portrayal of his drug use was that it wasn't, that was bad. And wasn't even that punky disapproved of that. It was like, she disapproved of the way that he just was less present then. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like, I don't know, either of them talk about that more or like talk about how that affects kids. Um, and not just that. Like I think adults figure out lots of ways to disassociate, you know, or to yeah. leave and check out because mm-hmm. parenting is hard, and we need. I also would like to see Cherry and her wife be more involved, also, with the raising of the kids because I think that was one of the really good things that Punky, the original show, did was show how important having like a team to help yeah. you. Yeah. And so I'd love to see them. You know, I mean, they were really involved here, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: oh man, like how cool would it be if like Hannah was, um, what's Cherry's wife's name? Her fiance? Or, they, yeah, they're married, right? No, they didn't get married; they got engaged. Yeah, yeah. They just are engaged. Okay, yeah. Um, but Cherry's fiance, like the lawyer and the mm-hmm. big Hannah, being like the type A personality, wouldn't that wouldn't that be a good mentor for her to have? <laughs> yeah yeah, you're right yeah (laughs) go wherever, and then end up deciding like maybe that would be the way to pull our punky power out like oh okay this is a little too you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to see the nice freedom that you get on this side to realize oh maybe i want to stay with the creative side yeah (laughs) so yeah those are my feelings
0: okay So we're um, coming close to the end. Was there anything else that you wanted to add about what we talked about or anything you want to promote? I have nothing to promote, man. Uh, Nothing, right?
1: Um, Look at the hashtags, actually autistic and um, adopted adults. Like those are two hashtags that I like looking up, I think both of those are ones that I gain a lot of insight about stuff. Right. Okay. Um, but I don't have anything. No, I have nothing that <laughs> I'm here come to the challenger learning center when we open back up. Cause it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: oh, I do have my jacket. I have one of my jackets.
0: Oh, okay. This is
1: my, this is my jacket. Um, for the SpaceX Dragon X launches. It's official. So here. Now I'm like punky. Yeah. I need I just need a astronaut to come and encourage me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> here you go. Got my astronaut gear on. Nice. Yeah, it's really this uh, this is um this one is from I I actually had the opportunity to see um, the Dragon X, um, test launch when, so it was the first time that they set up the capsule with two, it was with two people and it, but it was the test launch. And, um, so they make jackets for each of the launches and, since I was at this one, I got this
0: one. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this. Yeah, And um, I hope I won't need to edit much out of here. Like there was a lot of great things. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, feel free to edit me down. I record stuff for doing a lot of virtual education and I edit me down a lot.
0: So. <laughs> oh, Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Quirky Podcast. I also have a Facebook page. I'm on Instagram too with Quirky podcast. And then I also have a website, www.quirkypoppodcast.com, where you can um, just see more about, you know, what I do. And I also put occasional blog posts on there. So thank you and um, hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.